Hello, thanks for joining me. I'm going to cover the ins and outs of writing a resume for firefighting in this episode of Career Podcast with Audrey Prenzel. Applying to any fire and emergency response service takes a lot of preparation. Candidates focus on the qualifications, fitness, filling in enough volunteer hours and securing references who are articulate as well as on point. Oddly enough, though, people applying to entry-level firefighting positions are so motivated and have done so much to prepare, and yet sometimes are stymied how to put all of their candidacy together on paper effectively. I don't even know if stymied's the right word. They just really don't even worry about how to put all of their information on a resume. <laughs> they just put their information on the resume. In fact, some of the worst resumes I have ever seen are from people trying their darndest to become firefighters. They pour their heart and soul into these trainings and qualifications and nonstop skill building and volunteerism. And then they just throw everything on a piece of paper aka Word document, and call it a resume. Some of my very first clients back in 2001 wanted to enter firefighting, and so I learned pretty quickly how best to market each and every candidate as a potential firefighting recruit. And I can tell you that after 9-11, I could barely keep up with all of the firefighting applications. In fact, on that morning, 9-11, I had just started my business about six months earlier. And the woman who was designing my website, her name's Darlene, she was at my house and we were glued to the television. Like people from all over the world, we could not believe what we were seeing. That was the day where, thankfully, people really stepped up to enter this field that it can be a really rewarding field, but also it's extremely dangerous. So my respect goes out to every single man and woman who literally, they put their lives on the line every time they show up to go to work. So what I can do to thank and show my appreciation is prepare this podcast to help People get in or move up within a fire and emergency service. I've written hundreds and hundreds of personal statements and resumes for volunteer, career firefighter recruit candidates across Canada, as well as existing individuals, like I just said, who want to move up within their organization. They, someone's looking to be captain or a fire prevention officer or chief, deputy chief fire investigators from the provincial office of the fire marshal, fire prevention inspectors and instructors and administrators at firefighting training and educational institutions. So although this podcast is primarily geared towards firefighting, frontline firefighting, a lot of the elements are going to be useful for these other types of fire-related positions as well. 
And for those of you who are leaving the Canadian Armed Forces at a, as a firefighter or perhaps a, a SAR tech, search and rescue technician, or some other trade, and want to join a municipal fire service, I will mention some specific information here geared towards you, Canadian Armed Forces members, in this podcast. First of all, though, I'd like to lay a foundation to discuss how you get in, how you get into this field. And I want to start from the beginning and walk you through the steps to develop your own resume that will give you a leg up in this extremely competitive candidate pool. First of all, give yourself enough time. These are multi-phase processes that require a lot of interviews, physical fitness assessments, and hands-on testing. The paperwork is considerably detailed and must be error-free. For example, Calgary Fire Department has a personal history statement alone that is a 43-page form that must be filled out, and that is just one of the many facets to apply to their department. So you really do need to give yourself enough time. Check the specs for each service, review all of the details, and write within their required recruiting framework. So for example, let's say Vancouver Fire Rescue Services make it very clear that they do not want more than a three-page resume, and they want you to use size 12 font. So a three-page resume with size 12 font doesn't really give you a lot of text. So you have to be strategic with every phrase and word that you use. For the town of Orangeville, Ontario, the cover letter and resume combined cannot exceed three pages. So ideally, one-page cover letter, two-page resume. The city of Kitchener, Ontario, hires fifth-class probationary firefighters, and the cover letter and resume cannot exceed three pages, but further, they go on to stipulate that to avoid disqualification, your resume must be in the following order. The contents of the resume, first of all, presumably after the letterhead, they want to see your work experience, then general education, then community involvement, or aka volunteer involvement, then fire-related education and related courses. So the main takeaway from this tidbit of information about Kitchener, Ontario, is that the general education is segregated from the fire-related education and training. I don't write like that. I don't advise to write like that. But hey, that's what they want. So that's what you're going to give them. And you need to review the hiring practices and administrative application details thoroughly. Even if you're talking within the same province, most fire and emergency service response organizations have their own little particular facets of what they do and do not want in their application process. If you're going to be a career firefighter with Halifax Regional Fire and Emergency, you can upload your resume and there's an option for a cover letter as well with their application process. Pay attention to things in their online applications, such as if you are applying 
with a resume, you do not need to complete the profile section, including the education history, work experience, and skills. As much as you have to pay attention to the parts you must fill in, there are parts that you might be able to skip. So again, make sure you read everything thoroughly. In terms of what's going on your resume, pay attention to the letterhead, include your full name, put your common name in brackets if it's not something you use all the time. So for example, if your name is Giuseppe, but you go by Joe, put Giuseppe and then Joe in brackets and then your surname or last name. You want instant familiarity with somebody reviewing your document when they're called to be a reference. Make sure you have your correct address and include your postal code. Don't forget that. Sometimes people do. I don't know why. (laughs) Put your cell if that's uh, the number that you're usually reached at. Do not put your work phone number if that's a little precarious for you to answer confidentially. Please include your personal email and not your work email in your letterhead. And if you have a LinkedIn profile and hopefully you've created a vanity profile, which is that personalized URL that hopefully just has your name instead of all those defaulted letters and numbers, all those characters, include your vanity LinkedIn URL in your letterhead. Next, you want a clear marketing title. Use fire and emergency response services job title whatever they call it, and then put the word candidate behind it. So for example, if the city of uh, London, Ontario, let's say their fire department is hiring a probationary firefighter because that's what it says in their job ad, you put probationary firefighter candidate. In the city of Red Deer, Alberta, their emergency services hires fire medics If this is the position you're applying to, you put fire medic candidate. Give them exactly what they ask for. Now, directly after this, you want to have a brief but impactful opening paragraph that indicates what you offer and what you're known for. So some sample points, just quick mentions to include in this section could be volunteer firefighting, of course. That's a logical one. Their forest firefighting experience previous medical or healthcare work, policing, military careers, or other specialized skills. Some of those specialized skills could include your trade work with construction or heavy equipment operations, carpentry, mechanical aptitude. What about your ability to swim? Or maybe it's a superpower of, you know, you have Uh, public education and relations strengths or coaching and instructional strengths. Maybe you're bilingual, maybe you're multilingual, maybe you have a strong community service orientation. So think about your interpersonal skills on top of this. Are you engaging? Are you a confident speaker and communicator? You can be the most fit, the strongest, the most technically skilled firefighter there is. But hey, listen, if you're as shy as a shrimp or unintelligible when you speak, none of those other attributes are going to matter. Certainly include any demonstrated athletic or physical capabilities and achievements. I've had firefighter candidates who have played for Team Canada, for various sports, for example, and have even participated in the Olympics. So if you've done something like that, just a quick, quick mention of that. 
If you can operate a truck, put that, whether it's the AZ, DZ, Class A, Class D, Class 4, whatever it is, mention that. Overall, this is a brief summary section. You want your top four or five key attributes in this section. What is most marketable about you in terms of the position you are applying for? That's it. I've loaded you with examples. You certainly, I don't think you'd put all of them because I don't know anybody where all of those would apply, but you certainly want to include your top four or five. It's really probably let's say size 10 font, no more than seven, seven or eight lines of continuous text. But those are just some quick mentions to help you distill what you could put in your opening section. Okay, let's keep going here. So let's move on to work history or work experience section. You're going to list your jobs reverse chronologically. That means you're going to put your most recent job first, and then go backwards. I mention this because most people understand this. However, very occasionally people flip-flop it around. I don't know why. So, hey, I'm here. You're here. I'm helping. That's why I'm going to let you know. Reverse chronological. You're going to write your current job title and your place of employment and the month and year you started. And if it's not your current job, then the month that you stopped. You don't need to put the address of where you worked or your boss or your supervisor or the owner's name on your resume at all. You'll write a very brief paragraph outlining your general job functions, like three sentences maximum. It's more, why are you good at it than what is your job duty? So three sentences-ish, four if it's a lean, succinct sentence. I would say follow this by two or three bullets that include some strengths or achievements or significance problems you solved or new milestones you reached or initiated. Screening personnel appreciate it when you take the time to point out elements of the job that lend themselves to firefighting. Even things like working in uniform or operating within a chain of command type settings such as military or policing and working over weekends or holidays or even experienced, you know, working shifts. These are the kinds of elements that when you indicate that you've done this, HR screening people, they're going to be like, oh yeah, okay, they get it. They get the, they, they get the work lifestyle. For your current and previous jobs, go back, say, five years. Let's see. Okay. Uh, the, when I say you do a brief paragraph, I'd like it to be fully justified in terms of formatting. That means the left and right paragraphs are stretched out to each side of the page. Otherwise, it looks all jagged at the end. It's a little harder to read. You know, again, keep keep it brief. Less is usually more. Fun fact, over the years, I've seen different organizations and companies not only specify the size of the font to be used, but the type. If they are going to specify, for whatever reason, it's usually Times New Roman they want. The bodies of all the documents I've written, I usually go with Arial. It's just easy on the eyeballs. When you're writing your bullets to show your achievements, don't blend your duties in with achievements because that's confusing and that erodes your marketability. And that is the last thing that you want. So I promised a couple minutes ago that I talked to our CAF, Canadian Armed Forces members, if you're out or maybe you're already a veteran, 
the same basic principles apply to you, my friend. So let's detail your last two to three positions, two to three jobs, say five years total reverse chronologically with duties and achievements. You can generalize your earlier work from when you first joined until that first job you've listed in detail. Remember tours, whether they're three or six months, let's say, can be incorporated into the job timeline from where you were deployed. They do not need to be listed as separate jobs. In fact, don't. It's confusing and creates way more length in the document than is necessary. So for example, if you were posted to Petawawa and you were on an overseas tour for, let's say, six months, place it as a bullet under the total time you served at CFB Petawawa. And of course, remember anything to do with the military, you're going to strip all of your military lingo. Take the time to write out acronyms, whether it's the section you were in, whether it's software you use, whether it's some form you access. Write out everything. If you don't know, find out. Assume civilians have no clue what proprietary Canadian Armed Forces phrasing is, and you'll be fine. Okay, so in terms of education, and this is for everybody now, have one dedicated section for this. So I'm talking about your degrees, your diplomas, certifications, professional development courses you've taken. If you have one professional or trade license, I would still lump it in with this section. If, however, you have multiple licenses, then and only then would I list it in a separate dedicated section after the education section. I probably would not chunk everything into different sections, such as diplomas and with the education and then courses and licenses and certifications. Education and professional development go hand in hand and should be in this one section. Again, however, though, remember to check the specifics for the service you're applying to. As I mentioned earlier here, some places are very specific with the order. They want the information including the education, training, and licenses. I prefer to lump it all in as one, but hey, listen, if they're saying they want it separate, keep them happy. Help yourself. Keep it separate. One final uh, tip about this education section. I know you have a lot of courses, which is good to add to this portion of your resume, but avoid the tendency to put the word training or course behind all of your training and courses. Simply say the name of the program, place where you took it, and the year. So for example, you could put Ice Rescue Technician, NFPA 1006 Ice Rescue, that's the trade or the industry standard equivalent of what's referred to as Ice Rescue Technician 2023. That's it. Don't put training or certified after it. You might not think about it, but by the time you put training, 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 or course, 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 after everything, it takes up a ton of geography on the page, and that adds zero value for you. I'm going to pitch a few extra sections to think about on your firefighting resume. Give yourself a dedicated tech section. M- most people don't include technology, and this can absolutely boost the candidacy of Many, many people show what you know. You just list 
include something like Microsoft Office, of course, but think beyond that to other applications you've accessed, such as Fire Pro 2, or as some people refer it, FP2, Firehouse, or any online learning portals, because that's all part of the industry as well, isn't it? Uh, CAD, computer-aided dispatch applications, thermal vision cameras, drones, anything like that, including a dedicated technology section. Here's another section that people can and do overlook. Languages. If you are bilingual, of course, you're going to want to weave that throughout your document in context. For example, known as the go-to person to translate from English and French in Eastern Ontario, something like that. Someone near the Ottawa region, perhaps, could have that as an achievement. If, however, you're someone who can speak more than two languages, I always advise to generate a dedicated languages section, and that's exactly what you call it, languages. Nothing else. I usually put that after that opening paragraph we mentioned and before your work section. I would suggest that, let's say, if you are fluent in French and Cantonese and Mandarin, that's all you list. You just list those three languages in your languages section. If you have different levels of proficiency in those languages, however, if you want, you can break it down further to read, write, and speak behind each uh, language. Hey, don't forget sign language, whether it's ASL or signed English or both, because they're both very important skills and would be a very valued attribute at any emergency or critical incident. Incorporate a volunteerism or community investment section. For firefighting, I would list this in a volunteer section instead of bulleted achievements in your work experience. Because normally, if you've volunteered for something at work, we would put it as an achievement right where you work. We don't pop it down in a volunteer section. However, HR personnel and screeners for fire emergency response services, they like to see the volunteer involvement in one isolated, easy-to-find section. So give them what they want, and as with anything, preparation is key. Keep the content in this section, too, within the last two or three years. And sometimes you will actually be told in the application, do not go back more than two years. Again. That's (laughs) the devil's always in the details here. And I've said that time and time again in many podcasts. So you got to read the applications to find out what they're after. Okay. I have another secret weapon for you that I like to include and I'll share with you. Include a dedicated fitness section because I have a feeling you're fit. Simply list things like running or hockey, cycling, competitive swimming, for example, if that's what you do. Now, again, don't confuse this with volunteerism, if you coach a little league baseball team, for example, that would go in your volunteer section, not in your physical conditioning section. Well, that's my insight into writing countless cover letters, resumes, personal statements, application packages for men and women entering or progressing within fire and emergency services. Thank you for listening to Career Podcast with Audrey Prenzel. Please feel free to share this podcast with someone who you think could benefit from it. 
leave comments, and of course, hit subscribe. If you'd like a PDF copy of my book, Military to Civvy Street, e-transfer $20 to audrey.prenzel at gmail.com, and I'll send you the link to download it. Although I'm not writing so much anymore, I am available for one-to-one coaching, advisement, and training to help you or your organization achieve whatever goals you're needed. Email me, audrey.prenzel at gmail.com. You're also welcome to follow me on Instagram. Look for Audrey Prenzel. Life can be challenging. Until our next episode, purposefully take good care of yourself. Mm -hmm.